Good morning. I'm Jeff, one of the pastors here, and it's great to be here this morning. Uh, Before we get into the word, I I just want to let you know that Sunday mornings at 9, there's a group of us that gather to pray, and we pray for our gathering, we pray for individuals, we pray for our community. And so if you, uh, if you want to be a part of that, we would really welcome you to come. Um, and it's just a great time to, to pray together because we want to be prayer-led and spirit-empowered. And so we pray in the morning and, and now we get to talk about being spirit-empowered because our Taste of the Kingdom series is all about walking in the spirit. So let's pray and, uh, and then we'll jump into the word. Father, thank you that you include us in your work. Thank you for all the things going on that we get to be a part of, uh, giving gifts to children in areas that they don't get much at all. And this can be a a symbol of your love, as Chris said. Thank you for the women's event coming up that we can invite women that that, uh, may not know you to enjoy a time together and, and hear about you. Thank you for just the the way that you bless us and the way that you are patient with us and kind and gentle. Thank you that in the midst of technology not working, that's not what matters. What matters is you and that we get to celebrate you. And so we want to do that this morning and we want to hear from you. We want to know uh, what, um, what you want to challenge us with comfort us with, encourage us with, whatever you need to do in our heart this morning. Make us open to that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There are two people in the Bible that are associated with a word, a word in English that we associate with weakness. The first person is a man who grew up in royalty, But then he found out that he was actually blood-related to the slaves that were serving that royalty, and he saw a slave driver uh, whipping one of his fellow people, and so he killed him. And then he went into the wilderness where he lived for 40 years, and then God appeared to him and said, you're going back to that king. So he went back to the new king and faced off with him over and over again until the king released a million slaves. And he led them out into the wilderness and provided leadership for 40 years. The other person that, we, uh, that was, known by associ- was known by this word that we associate with weakness spoke words into the winds. And with the, only the sound of his voice stopped the wind like that. And he subdued the raging waves. He healed people. He cast out demons. He challenged the established leaders to the point that they feared him and put him to death, and he conquered death. These were not weak people. They were influential. They were effective. They were strong and powerful. Yet they were both entitled with a word that in our English language we associate with weakness. And most of us would not want to be known by this word. Because in English, the dictionary says that this word means this, humbly patient or quiet in nature as under provocation from others, overly submissive or compliant. So why would the Bible label these two men this way who were definitely not weak? The English word is meek. 
but it's a translation of a Greek word, praoutes. And since praoutes is a word that described Moses, who led the people out of slavery, and Jesus, who is the all-powerful God the Son, it can't mean what we tend to associate what meekness is. Now, you may be wondering why I'm talking about meekness, this word meek, when in our Taste of the Kingdom series, we've been going through Galatians 5:22 through 23, where nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit are listed, and this word is not found. Let's read those together real quick. Galatians 5:22 to 23, see if you find the word meek in there. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So where's this word? It's not in there, is it? That's because meek is an English translation of a Greek word, praoutes, and another translation that we can use in English is gentleness. I think gentleness is actually a better translation. We understand it better. But it can still have connotations of weakness. And I want to make sure that we really understand this word because it's an amazing word and it's a word that if we really understood it, we would actually want to be associated with us. The word actually means power under control. I grew up with three younger brothers and my parents would tell us to be gentle quite often. And especially me as the older brother, they'd tell me to be gentle quite often. Why? Because I was stronger than my younger brothers because I was older. So I would hurt them if I wasn't careful, if I wasn't gentle. I was also reckless with my power, so I had to be reminded to control it. Now I have two teenage boys that are both bigger than me and I have to tell them to be gentle because they don't, I don't want them to hurt me. I also don't want them to hurt the house, which many of you know, the broken lights and the crushed in drywall that happens, right? Well, I think uh, power under control is what we're looking at. And I think one of the best demonstrations of power under control is John 18, when Jesus had taken his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane after celebrating the, cel- uh, the Passover feast, also known as the Lord's Supper, uh, the Last Supper, sorry. Well, John 18, starting in verse 2, it says this, Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. All right, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they've been looking for an opportunity to arrest and get rid of Jesus, quietly. But it says in verse 3 that Judas leads a detachment of soldiers. A detachment of soldiers normally meant 600 men. It can also mean 200 men. That's a lot of soldiers. Now, we don't necessarily need to assume that all 200 were there, but by using this phrase, detachment of soldiers, it meant they were coming, a lot of them were coming armed and ready for battle. Why would they be coming armed and ready for battle if someone was weak. So Jesus, his disciples, a dozen people, they're in the garden, just 12 people talking together in the garden, and this detachment of soldiers armed for a fight come. Jesus doesn't sound very weak to me, does he? Well, check out what happens next. Verse 4, 
In John 18, it says, Jesus, not knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, said Jesus. And verse 6 says this. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Think about that for a minute. They didn't bow down. They fell to the, they drew back and fell to the ground. I picture just this wave of power emanating from Jesus that just knocked them over. They couldn't defend against it. It's the pure power of Jesus, the Son of God. Almighty power, yet Jesus is called meek. Let's keep reading. Verse 7, it says, Again he asked them, what is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you I am he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. Skipping down to verse 10, it says that, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Jesus had almighty power. We saw a display of that. He could have said with one word to drop their swords and they would have had to. He could have told them to drop dead and they would have, he could have told them to disappear and they'd be gone. But instead he offers himself to be arrested. Peter still doesn't understand Jesus' meekness, his power under control, so he steps out to try to protect Jesus with violence. Kind of wonder how he could think that he could protect someone with that kind of power. But Jesus, with power under control, he commands Peter to put his sword away. And then he tells us in Luke, in Luke 22, 51, it tells us that he touched the man. Jesus touched the man who Peter had cut off his ear and healed the man's ear. Jesus confronts Peter gently and heals one of the men that coming to arrest him. Power under control. Verse 12 says that they arrested and bound Jesus as if their chains could have done anything. Meekness, gentleness, power under control. In Matthew 5, 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Think about that. Blessed are the meek, those who have their power under control. They will inherit the earth. God doesn't want to give the earth to people who don't have their power under control. But the meek, those who have the power under control, will inherit the earth. Think about the power of the earth. Over the summer, many of us watched the wildfires destroying everything in their path. My wife and I reflected at that time that nearly everywhere we've lived, we've faced some sort of natural disaster. In Michigan, it was tornadoes. In Chilliwack, it was earthquakes or flooding. Here, it's wildfire. And each one of those are powers of the earth that that are worthy to be feared because they have such immense power. The meek will inherit the earth. The fact is, Jesus is the meek one who inherits the earth. God the Father gave him all authority over heaven and earth, Matthew tells us in chapter 28 of Matthew. Galatians 5:22 through 23 tells us that this amazing quality of Jesus, power under control, this meekness, this gentleness that Jesus is defined by, it says Jesus is meek, it's being produced in those who put their faith and hope in him. 
Because when we ask Jesus to forgive, forgive us of all our guilt and shame, he does. He has the authority to forgive because he, in meekness, allowed humans to nail him to a tree and hang him to die. He suffered the penalty as an innocent man that every other human deserves. And he doesn't. We're all guilty. We're all guilty, we're all shameful before the almighty, pure, and holy God. But in his infinite love for us, Jesus showed both justice and compassion by meekly offering himself as the payment for sin that we all deserve. Jesus does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He alone has the power and the authority to forgive because he alone is true to his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and meek nature. So we don't have to try to produce the fruit. He is the fruit. And he offers us access to him through his forgiveness. And when we accept his forgiveness and give our lives to him, he puts his Holy Spirit into us to transform us and produce his attributes in us. If you've not asked Jesus to forgive you and given your life to him, I invite you this morning to do that. Jesus wants to welcome you into his family. We want to welcome you into his family. He wants to put his Holy Spirit into you and he wants to work together with you to transform you together with all those who have the Holy Spirit into someone who is meek, who has the power of God inside them under control because it's his power under control. So, what's our part? How do we respond? If we have God's forgiveness, we've given our lives to Jesus and have the Holy Spirit at work in us producing that, what's our part? How do we respond? I'm going to give you two ways. The first is accept the gentle love of Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, praotes, meek. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is both gentle or meek, power under control, and humble. He wants to be with and care for those who are humble. Accepting his gentle love is a challenge for many of us because we're so we're so trained to do things for ourselves. We live in a culture where we have to earn what we have, where we fight for success, where we exert power to survive and get ahead, where we show no weakness and we act as if everything is okay. A.W. Tozer is a well-known pastor, author, a spiritual mentor. He once wrote this. He said, the meek person, the meek person, is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson, but he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be, but paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than the angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. 
In ourselves, nothing. In God, everything. James 1.21 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, meekly, accept the word planted in you which can save you. This word translated humbly here is also this word praoutes in Greek, meek, gentle, power under control. In meekness or gentleness or humbleness, we turn away from evil and we accept the word planted in, in us, the word of God, Jesus, and his spirit at work within us. Accepting the gentle love of Jesus always involves a choice, my way or his way. So we exert our power under control by choosing Jesus, knowing that this power under control is actually his power that enables us to choose his way. So practice accepting the gentle love of Jesus regularly, daily, moment by moment. Secondly, practice gentleness with everyone. Paul tells us in Titus 3, 1 1 and 2, to remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and always be gentle, meek, power under control toward everyone. There's a story about a well-known actor named Chuck Norris, who's known for his tough guy movies. There's also lots of memes about him and, and things that people say because he's a legitimate martial arts champion as well. Well, one evening after a long day of filming in a Texas town, he went to go out for dinner. And while he's sitting in the restaurant at a booth, a man came up to him and said, you're sitting in my booth. Well, Chuck Norris was a bit annoyed, but he just got up and moved over to another booth. A few minutes later, the man came back to him and said, you're Chuck Norris, aren't you? And he said, yeah. And so the man said, you could have kicked me around back there, but you didn't. And they struck up a conversation and became friends. Power under control. Practicing power under controls means we think of the other person first. I don't fight for my rights. I work to create a world where everyone's value and dignity are respected. This means giving up my comfort for others even when I have power to enforce what I want. That's meekness. One of the most important ways we do this is with our speech, with how we talk. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I've heard so many people over the years say harsh things and then just shrug and say, that's just who I am. But the Bible doesn't make exceptions like that. The Bible challenges us to submit to the power under control work of the Holy Spirit in us. The power to make us meek, to have our power under control, to have our tongue under control in his power so we can control a harsh word. It doesn't happen all at once. It's really difficult. But it begins by recognizing that we need his help, by humbly accepting his help and thinking more and more like Jesus, who has compassion and he empathizes with those who are hurting. One way to practice this gentleness, thinking like Jesus, is to try to step into another person's shoes, try to understand what it's like to be them, This poem by Mary Caroline Davies words this well. If I had known what trouble you were bearing, 
what griefs were in the silence of your face. I would have been more gentle and more caring and tried to give you gladness for a space. I would have brought more warmth into the place if I had known. If I had known what thoughts despairing drew you, I would have lent a little friendship to you and slipped my hand within your hand and made your stay more pleasant in the land if I had known. We don't know what another person is facing, but we can recognize that there's always more, always more going on in somebody's life than we understand. And we can practice gentleness, power under control, because of the Holy Spirit's power at work in us, producing that. Jesus is humble and gentle, meek, power under control. He's humble and gentle in heart, so accept his gentle love and practice gentleness with everyone. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are meek. You could destroy us with one thought, with one word, with a snap of your fingers. It could all be gone. But you're patient with us and you have meekness. You are power under control. What an amazing God. A lot of times we think that power needs to be displayed but your power is greater because it's under your control. And you do that in us too. We have amazing power, God. You've given us amazing power. But you're producing meekness in us. Help us to accept your gentle love and to practice gentleness with everyone. In your name we pray, amen.